This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. If you have been with us earlier this week, the theme that we're speaking of is the Hebrew Feast of the Lord, the appointed times of the Lord. And this is the season when our Jewish kinsmen have celebrated the Feast of Shavuot, better known to us as believers in the Messiah as Pentecost. And we want to point out that the Lord has a time frame, and it's His calendar that we need to live by. And these calendars are characterized by the appointed times of the Lord. And these can all be found in Leviticus 23, which really forms the basis of our own lives, even those who haven't come from a Jewish background, for example. Passover, which took place as the people of Israel were freed from the bondage of Egypt, is a picture of our freedom from the bondage of sin. Then we see three days later that Jesus was resurrected. Well, we find this in Leviticus 23. And Jesus in the New Testament is called first fruits, as he is called our Passover lamb. And so, we see the feast of first fruits, as you were saying in Leviticus 23, which Jesus fulfilled. So again, we want to encourage you to read Leviticus 23, because that becomes your heritage. Even from a Gentile background, you have been grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel. That's where the foundations of our faith lie. So we've been pointing out that, of course, Pentecost is the time that the Spirit of the Lord was poured out. It was a fulfillment of what it said in the letter, in the uh, word of Joel. The prophet Joel prophesied that this would be happening. And we're going to get to that shortly. But yesterday we spoke about Luke 24 because we see that the word is the essence of our life. Thy word is a a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. But something else is needed to go along with the word. And when we read Luke 24 yesterday, the story about Jesus walking with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, He spoke to them and said in verse 27 in Luke 24, And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the thing concerning himself in all the scriptures. Remember, all the scriptures were the Hebrew scriptures. There was no New Testament. And Jesus, the author of scriptures, was describing and explaining to them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. And as at that moment, They did not even recognize who he was. And then there were other disciples, not on the road to Emmaus, but let's pick it up in verse 36. And while they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst. 
But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why not do you doubt in your heart? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see me. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I do. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still could not believe it for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of royal fish, and he took it and ate it before them. And now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you when I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And Junie, you would think that they would be ready to go out and preach the gospel, but that's not what Jesus told them to do. And we'll get to that in a moment. And we see Shelley in verse 25 and 26 of Luke 24. It said that Jesus spoke to these disciples and said, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Messiah or the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? So we see, Shelley, that we can read the scriptures, we can study the scriptures, and our eyes might not be enlightened yet, or our hearts, because what we're going to talk about this week is so important. Because we need it. Jesus even said, you think that the life is in the scriptures, but really the life is in me. And Jesus said that he was leaving and he would send something to his disciples that would enable us, Shelley, to endure to the end that we might be saved. It's right on, Junie. And we see at the conclusion of Luke chapter 24, What is it that was still necessary that they weren't prepared to go out and speak about the gospel, the words of God? And we see it in verse 49 in chapter 24 of Luke. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to remain or stay in the city, which was Jerusalem, until you are clothed or endued with power from on high. So we see, and Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. We must have the Spirit of God in our life to understand the Word. And Junie, I remember reading in Ezekiel 37 that when the dry bones uh, had the Word, they had to have the life, have to have the Spirit in order to give them life. And it's the same for us as well today. And you know, Shelley, when we're born again, when we ask the Lord to come into our heart and ask Him to forgive us for our sins... The Holy Spirit comes into our life and enlightens our spirit and saves our soul. But yet there is something more that is needed. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit is another experience that I know we're going to be talking about, that I know uh, is taught in evangelical circles, went out with Um, the disciples of the first century church. But for you and I who were Jews, we didn't know theology. We got saved, and God sovereignly filled us with his Holy Spirit. So you and I know that it didn't go out because it enabled us to endure all the persecution that we experienced 
from our family, from our friends, from those who didn't understand what happened to us when we believed Jesus was the Messiah and the Son of God. And in your calling, Shelley, when we sold what we had and gave away to the poor and moved into a Christian community on an Indian reservation and lived in a trailer for eight and a half years in the northernmost parts of Minnesota, we were able to endure because the Spirit of God strengthened us and gave us his life. And when God called you and called us to move to the desert, we went from the uttermost frost area to the desert, the heat of the desert, to be able to endure all that we were going to face that we had no idea of, but God knew, and he strengthened us through the power of his Holy Spirit to endure, and we're able to share with you, our listeners, not only because of what the Word says, but that has become an impartation in our life to say, God is faithful. He is faithful always, and his spirit will deliver us from the snare of the fowler or the trapper, and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So let's go, Junie, to the book of Acts, and I believe the book of Acts is not complete until Israel gets saved and the fulfillment comes. So in the book of Acts, let's even start with chapter 1, verse 1. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of forty days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs, but the Father has fixed by his authority. But you shall receive power, When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. This is so vital, Junie, and as you said, this, the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit did not uh, stop working just after the apostles passed on, but this is an ingredient that's necessary to complete our redemptive process The word without the Spirit will not have life. And the Word of God says, who is our best teacher? It is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God that will teach us the real meaning of the Word of God and recall to us what Jesus has already said. And everyone who is born again has the Spirit of God dwelling in them. This week's teaching is going to be primarily on the filling the indwelling, the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And we're going to see it in the Word. We're going to see it in the book of Acts. And we're going to see it in the life of even the Apostle Paul Shelley because he wasn't one of the original apostles, which shows that there is an ongoing work like the book of Acts 
is still going on today through your life and my life and anyone who is called by God to be a witness. And what does that mean, really, to be a witness? Because when the disciples ask, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus didn't rebuke them, or Jesus didn't tell them that's not going to happen. He just said, what is it for you to know the times and the seasons? You are to be my witnesses both here in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and to the outermost parts of the earth. And Shelley, God has sent us two New York Brooklyn Jews to the uttermost parts of the earth, even to Australia and New Zealand, to Eastern Europe, to Africa, to Israel, to Cairo. He has sent us places that we could never have gotten to if he didn't supply the means. And we just want to encourage every listener that God is faithful and he will give you all you need to fulfill in your life for his calling. And as verse 8 in chapter 1 of Acts says, in order to be witnesses for Jesus, you must be endued with a power and that power is the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that you have sent the Holy Spirit thank to empower you, Lord. us to live a life that glorifies you. Amen. That we could be effective witnesses, especially in this day and age. Yes, Lord. In these closing days of this age, that we might represent you. We pray this in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyandJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyandJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.